Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me to kill me. Griff Karga said you were coming there. We have your border. I like those odds. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to Forest Moon Radio, an X-Wing Miniatures podcast. Forest Moon Radio is a twice-monthly podcast talking about all things Star Wars, with a huge emphasis on the X-Wing board game. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Forest Moon Radio. This is episode two, and I'm your host, Luke Wilkie. Flying out of London, Ontario, in my office, and uh, my co-hosts today are Justice Burris. I fly out of New Orleans, Louisiana, Vita Springs. I'm in my office as well, part of Crescent City Corsairs, and then and I'm Dave. I'm also in London, Ontario, uh, flying out of London, Ontario, with the Ewok Squadron. And I'm in my basement enjoying air conditioning today. All right. Uh, I'll be your host for today. I'm glad that you could find us. Uh, and I'm just going to start by asking our my fellow hosts here a few questions. Uh, we'll start with uh, Atreides. I'm going to ask you, when about did, when about did you start playing? And what keeps you playing X-Wing? I started playing 2015. Much reluctance to start playing because Warhammer 40k burnt me out. <laughs> Started um, 2015 with the Scum Faction and my love of Star Wars and the fact that it's a puzzle. It's like chess. It's not even like chess. It's like a puzzle that you're putting together, X-Wing. How you're flying and how your opponent flies and just putting it all together. Awesome. Winning doesn't help either. Or doesn't hurt <laughs> either. There you go. Uh, Dave, same question. When did you start playing, and what keeps you playing? I, I don't remember what year it was. If you guys do, let me know. It was when the Houndstooth came out kind of in the 1.0. I had a friend who was kind of into the game, and we had played a few. I was getting addicted to it, and I know that, that, that Houndstooth was brand new when I went into Imperial Hobbies here in London. That was the second wave of scum, I think. So 2015... Bordering oh, that long ago. Okay, so I've been playing for longer than I thought. I keep playing. I like the way uh, Atreides put it. It's an interesting puzzle to solve every week. There's so actually so many reasons why I keep playing. You guys down at the store. I love the community. I know every every X-winger says that. Everybody's awesome that I meet. But the game is is fun. It changes all the time. It's it's really fast paced and strategic. And I don't mind. A good game where I lose is sometimes just as much fun as the games where I, I... I usually win, of course, but I like winning and losing. It's cool. Awesome. Uh, I think I started around the same time, because it was... I think around that same same time Houndstooth, Kyrax kind of came out. Yeah, uh, the, the Force Awakens box set had had was recently released, too. I think that 
that was really well in London anyways it was like it was in a lot of stores you saw it everywhere you know it had the nice bright blue cover and the, everybody wants an excellent model so it, it makes you pick it up and look at it my cousin ended up getting into it and he got a the core set and a few ships and then uh, he was playing with me and my brother my brother ended up finding Anki Gigi, a guy moving out west, wanted to get rid of his whole collection. So he paid about half the price of what it was worth to get a whole bunch of ships from all the factions at the time. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was around 2015 that we started. Yeah, and yeah, what keeps me playing is definitely everybody at the store and then wanting to get better, watching videos, uh, GSP, Hexile Gaming, just wanting to get better at the game, wanting to get more kitted, uh, competitive while also hating competitiveness at the same time. <laughs> but see, you, we, you both touched on it, and that's what makes X-Wing so great, is that even though it's competitive, the community pretty much still makes it very enjoyable, even at the highest levels, competitiveness. It's the only reason I use Facebook now. <laughs> it's just to keep up with all of the Facebook uh, X-Wing communities. Uh, Discord is also a great place to keep up on it. Sometimes the arguments get kind of crazy, but... That's just the internet in general. And we will be getting to that later. There's a few things popping up here and there that are causing a stir. Oh, thanks, everybody, for answering those questions. I also figured that tonight we could talk about the recent GSP Galaxies events. Uh, we started out with Corellia, which I ended up playing in. Same. And Atreides as well. And then we had Dathomir this past weekend in the London, uh, England time zone. Not London, Ontario, unfortunately. So let's talk about Corellia. I know uh, I, I asked my fellow hosts here to pick a list from the top 32 of each tournament that kind of popped out to them, something that they liked, uh, something that they might see themselves flying themselves. Uh, let's start with Dave. What did you... Can I interrupt pick? you? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know in a sec here. I just had a quick question. You guys both played in this tournament? Yeah, we played in Corellia. Yep. Unfortunately. Okay, that's <laughs> fun. So I can tell how that ended for you then. I guess I was that was going to be kind of what I get at. This was pretty uh, a pretty decent turnout. You guys had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was uh, 218 people, so it was definitely a very competitive uh, thing to get to that top 32. I had very fun. My dice didn't, but I had very, <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, how about before we discuss our list our, our list that we picked, what did you end up flying, Atreides? My General Grievous and 3i3 and Snare Nantex. Oh, okay. I believe that we discussed that a little bit in episode one. Yep. I'm I just sure. went five and zero oh with uh, Renegades with that same list. Wow. Cool. That's awesome. And I ended up flying the um, four I one uh, Blue Squadron rookie T seventies with BB Astromech and Rose Tico with nothing on her. Uh, has a two point bid, so you can end up bumping those droids forms in case you run into them, which I did not, but. The bid never ended up mattering because everybody bid lower than me. <laughs> I had nobody that was a straight 200 or anybody 199 or anything. It was always 197 or below. 
anyway, we'll go back to Dave. Uh, what list yeah. were you looking at? So I was going to try to stick to Scum or Rebels since I like them, and that is uh, where I ended up. I went all the way down to 21st place finisher Scott Forrester, his Scum Squadron. I'll, I'll read out what that is here. I got it printed out. So he's got Fen Rao with Fearless, two Zealous Recruits, and he's got Nam Lum with Auto Blasters and Dengar. That comes out at right at 200. So you, I, I thought you did play Scott. Yeah, I think he's one of the ones where uh, the bay didn't end up mattering, really. Oh, right, because you got you both had I ones there. Well, it, it did matter, but I think maybe he was the last one that I faced, and maybe I just forgot about that. But the rest of them, okay, the rest of them were less than 198. Sorry sorry to make you a liar. <laughs> All right, you've seen it. Yeah, this, any, any list with Fen Rao, I think you guys here in London know appeals to me, so that's why I wanted to talk about this. I have never played Nam Lum, but looking at this list, it seems very interesting. I uh, can see why people... I, I don't know if I just never noticed his ability or what, but his, his Nam Lum's ability is after you become the defender, if the attacker is in your turret arc, you must rotate... Sorry, if the attacker is not in your turret arc, you must rotate your turret indicator to the standard arc the attacker is in, ensuring that you're always going to have a shot. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's very effective, little annoying ship, considering he's actually... Nomalum is actually cheaper than the regular generic Chopmaster. And I mean, even in this list, his upgrades, his ship total is 47. That's only six more than these Zealous Recruits when you're hunting stuff down, you know? Mm -hmm. Still probably tempting to look for Fen first. I don't know, that seems to be my experience when I bring Fen to the table. People try to hunt him down first. Likes that, though, he can run away, punch you in the face later. I don't know. This really appeals to I might try this. This is fun. Three zealous recruits. You can really fly around the board. You use the two the two initiative ones to kind of try to block you up and be with the other guys. They have the very powerful little chassis to stay out of that range, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's got Fen the right way. All you need is Fearless. I mean, one day I would love to be able to put Afterburners on Fen, but that's not realistic right now. But yeah, I mean, uh, between his built-in ability, the Concordia face-off, and Rao, he's just amazing. You've, you've got to fear him if you're flying against him. Yeah, he's definitely scary against my I-1s. <laughs> you can just uh, come in. Oh, look, I got you. Oh, no, you don't. Just bearable. Yeah, I, I would think, too. I mean, Nam Lum, the, the dial, uh, I'm not hugely familiar with it in 2.0, but being a large base, I mean, even if he moves... Know, just a two or three, he he probably can keep up with these Fang fighters. This this will be a very fun list. I kind of wish I had watched some of these games now. He's not an Omni Turner. No, he can only turn left. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, that's kind of um. I mean, that was kind of what made them special 1.0 as well. There was just a lot more toys that made the Jump Masters deadly in 1.0. Definitely oh, yeah. not the same as they used to be. But this is oh, definitely that, a step in a scummy direction for them, for sure. Oh, I, I think they're, well, obviously they're not better where they are. They're fair where they are. Dengar, I mean, I know he didn't use Dengar, but the I-6 Dengar, oh, there's a way to use him. I haven't figured it out yet, but he, he's still pretty powerful. 
I guess, though, unfortunately, having not seen this list play, then wanting to try it and, and kind of understanding how the fangs work. I'm, I'm, I'm glad me, he, he started uh, Fen and Nomlum on opposite sides of the board. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how he played. I might play Fen a little cagey at the beginning. Make sure he can be in the right positions. You know, he definitely doesn't like taking shots at range two or three. Even even range three with that extra die, uh, Concordia really helps Fen alive. The zealous recruits too, I would think. I mean, no shields, four hull, anything can happen. Usually it's either uh, Fenra or rolls blanks or nothing but paint. There's not usually an in between with him. Anyway, well, when when you when you flew against Scott, what was your plan? Uh, I have a opening that I usually always did with those T70s, where I start on one side of the board and do a two hard in and kind of barrel roll, keeping myself near um, my board edge, doing banks and barrel rolls to keep myself on an angle where I can end up using my BB Astromech and banking in, getting in a lot closer than they might expect. Oh, yeah. That didn't really come into play here. He ended up bringing one of his zealous recruits right up the middle of the board. And I managed to catch him out at range 3, get half health, and he came in, and then I took him out with Rose. With this list, did you have a target, or were you kind of waiting to see what he presented to you? Did you, did you, are you the kind of guy who wants to kill Fen first, is what I'm getting at? Honestly, I don't usually think that far ahead. That's probably why I don't get far in these tournaments. Oh, yeah, you need a plan, man. Around my second or third turn, my plan was to just take out Nomlum and get rid of that threat and then kind of <laughs> K-turn and come back. But yeah. I ended up putting myself into a corner, and that's what that's what killed me. I couldn't get out of it. Yeah, it must be it must be a little frustrating uh, as you is from your end. Nomlum, no matter what you do, is probably going to get a shot, right? Yeah, but honestly, the shots they they didn't end up mattering. He didn't roll very well. Fen Fen took that game for him for sure. Cool. I mean, he is more than almost. I'd I just say more than a third of the list, so he definitely did a lot a lot of work. It's interesting. Both of the I1s combined are only 81, you know, 10 points more than him. He's almost twice as much as Namlam. So they don't go down to 40. <laughs> I don't think the... I, I don't think the Fang Fighters are moving in, in the price at all. Much as I would love them to all go down. Alright, I think that we got a lot of love uh, for Scum here. But let's move on to our next list from Karelia. Trades, what were you looking at? I was looking at Ian Becker's resistance list. Ooh, I like that list too. I, it's the resistance. I have played against Ian in two separate Renegade tournaments while he was flying this exact list. And it was a good list. Just very efficient. Um, why don't you break down the list for us? Okay. Brought Rose in the transport pod at 26. Finn with Heroic. Red with Heroic Jamming. Another Red Squadron Expert T70 with Heroic Spoils and Jamming. And then Jess Pava with BB Astromech Integrated um, Foils and Jamming Beam. 
it's just a super effective list in the way that he flies it. That his three T-70s are in your face most of the time. Rose and Finn are close to the back just because Rose gets those re-rolls. Jess gets the re-rolls. Red, the two reds have heroic just in case. But then they can jam you as well. It's a jamming beam's great at zero points. You just put it on. If you don't like something on them, you can jam it off. Um, and then Finn is always a pain. Like Finn is an extreme pain. He can be a trap sometime. And in Ian's list, he kind of is. Because it's not your usual uh, perceptive co-pilot, Finn. No. So, so he's, he's not holding on to points. Not at all. And he wants you to shoot at him. He wants, because if you're, not, if you're shooting at Finn, you're not shooting at the Reds or Jess. And Rose has the re-rolls as well. It's just super efficient for what it does. It's a lot of health, a lot of dice coming at you. I was looking at this list a lot. I believe he has a game on stream on GSP. He does. On YouTube already. And you're right. Finn ended up being a trap in that game. Um, it's always a trap. Not Like I said, I flew against this Sorry, are we talking twice. about the Finn pod? Or the... Yeah, the, the Finn, Finn pod. pod. Transport pod. Rose the and Finn pod. in the transport pod. Yeah, it, I've I've contemplated running this as well. Um, I love my four T seventies and rows. I run it because I think it's extremely efficient. I think this, given that you have four th- initiative three ships, and then you have that heroic in there as well, I think it might actually be a, l- a lot more efficient, especially yeah. with um, those very defensive pods. Finn is a blocker. He uses Finn as a blocker for most of it because it's a trap. People are going to try to swarm Finn, and he's just going to fly that right in your face. Yeah, and then the other guys are having range one, range two shots. Just Jess doesn't need tokens (laughs) because Jess is Jess. I mean, she'll still take her focus every day. But you could K-turn Jess. He wasn't afraid ever to get Jess in a good position. Mm-hmm. Um, and he flies it extremely well. You can tell it's very practiced, especially if you watch the stream game. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by it. I am so happy he made yeah, it. You said... Go ahead. Or go ahead. I was oh, going to say... I was gonna... <laughs> Two polite people. No, you go ahead. Go ahead, um, go ahead. <laughs> just the fact that it's a resistance list for one, and it doesn't have Ray, puts it up there for me. Or is easy. Doesn't have Ray or is easy. This is a top tier. Love this list. And it's, it's the only resistance list I got in the top sixteen, I believe. Yep. I was gonna ask a question about the list. So, actually, used the jamming beam against you. No. It's an option. I'm always I always stare at that jamming beam and I'm like, you can jam that target lock. You can jam that. I've never seen him use it. It doesn't get used often, but it can be it can be powerful. I know uh 
a pineapple here in London. He's been using it more and more. Not with again, not with the T70s, but he uh, one of the support ships he has has jam, and I noticed him using it quite a bit last week. He was it's really a, bothering uh, Rear Admiral Shirnu with it. It's a zero point cannon. Why not? I mean, if you're shooting it with Noden, that might be a worthwhile thing because that's what Andrew used, right? It might have, yeah, it might have been. I, I didn't actually play against him. I was playing up at the next table, but I could. Uh, hear the frustration in his opponent and it's just i had not seen jam very often yet and now in, in the last two weeks it's come up six or seven times i wonder if it's is it, is it the up and coming uh or the, the up and coming way to bug your opponent it i think it will be it's going to be fun um jumping ahead but the um hmp uh droid will get a cannon slot I'm not. I don't think that the generics. I mean, just with their the way that they can move, I don't think that you can really spam them. Uh, but with that, still game, helpful. Yeah. It, it's. Uh, I'm not gonna do any hot takes right now. No. But you guys are doing hot takes right now, saying that game <laughs> is gonna be uh, more prevalent. That's a hot take. I'm just, 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 uh, just a feeling. I don't know. I mean, the. You, you have those people out there that are saying there should be no zero point upgrades, and maybe they're right. Is there anything else that you want to uh, kind of touch on with this squad? No, not re- like it's a great squad. I'm so happy to see it as high as it went. It's a very solid squad. Yeah, just pure efficiency. All right, uh, I'll move on to. Um, one of my favorite lists from Corellia ended up being flown by Matthew Carey. He's the host of the the Midwest Scrubcast. Uh, I ended up getting to talk to him a little bit when we were getting like our attendance done. Uh, I got paired up with him and we had a little chat. It was fun. Uh, shout out to Matthew uh, or to Matt. All right, his list. He made it to top thirty two, but he ended up getting third in MOV overall. So he was definitely packing a punch with this list. It's a, another scum list. It's double IG, both uh, IG-88A and B, both with with advanced sensors, jamming beam. We see that jamming beam again. And then the IG-2000 title with Nomlum, Auto Blasters, IG-88D, and Dangar. I love this list. Uh, since the beginning of 2.0, I I was flying double robots and a friend, and I think the points coming down just a bit to fit this these double advanced sensors IGs just makes this list so much better than most of the double IGs plus friend. At the Toronto System Open, I ended up running IG88 A and B jamming beam title with advanced sensors and IG88 D crew on Forlom, and that was a lot of fun. But, I mean, getting these advanced sensors on these ships and a big beefy Nomlom with two defense dice and his built-in ability to get those Dengar triggers, it's just really solid. Uh, getting those advanced sensors to get your double calculates every turn, um, it's just, it's, it's kind of scary. And I, I'm happy to see that he got as far as he did. I know he, it was uh, just the top 32, no farther, but I think it's still uh, a list worth mentioning. 
that's a very interesting sounding list. You don't see that. Like, nobody's flying that here in London. And that that's something else. Right? I wouldn't mind trying that also, I guess. There's only so many lists you can fly in a week. But, and that would be, yeah, like, the fact that you can fit in Nam Lam with, with two IGs, that's amazing. Like, who do you go after? And the IGs are just going to swoop around you and hopefully get shots. Yeah, it's a, uh, I like it a lot. I mean, just getting two IGs with advanced sensors plus such a big friend. I mean, again, I, I, I need to keep difference. saying I mean, it, but efficiency, efficiency is just with these points going down, it's just really hard to beat. When, you're, when points go down on something like this and then not on something else, it's really hard to justify flying those things that keep going up, like Whisper or Obi-Wan. Just flying it. This is just looks like an oldie but a goodie list to me. I may have to try this. I I definitely want to put it on the table. Getting those IGs back out on the table with uh, just that action. Guaranteed actions. It's very exciting. Obviously, blanks will be blanks. But what are you going to do? Anyway, uh, so... We've gone through our list that we picked, but the one that ended up taking it all was Bohan Lee, who is a local of ours. Uh, he lives in Kitchener now, but uh, congratulations against Bohan. This That's awesome. This list, I don't know, man. You're going to... You, you started He's something. I've been saying it. It's, it's like, I mean, I guess not everybody... He, in London, knew what he was doing. In case anybody doesn't know, it's um, six uh, Petronaki Arena Aces, the I-4 Nantex. Uh, all of them with Crackshot. Even though Crackshot up, went up a point, these things went down eight points, which is crazy. And he also fit three of them with Predator as well, just for that two-point bid, I believe. And uh, there was other Nantex out there, but this. The other ones had like marksmanship getting predator on everybody, but the crack shots, I think, really obviously he's a very talented pilot, um, but the crack shots really I think brought this list home for him. I'm a Nantex flyer. I've always been a Nantex flyer since they came let's, out. Let's hear your opinion on these generics making it to the top. Uh, it hurts. I've already had to apologize so much for using my Nantex with Ensnare. And now these come out. And so if I ever set up a Nantex list, I am just have to apologize even more. Hey, but it's weird. It's weird having the wholesome Nantex list just flying Ensnares. I'm just flying three with Ensnare. I'm not flying six with the other two <laughs> upgrades. Yeah, it's um But no, it is very strong. It is extremely versatile. Oh FFG's reasoning for lowering the points. Their reasoning for lowering the points is what did this? They're like, we want people to fly other upgrades on them. And you did. You did it. (laughs) Last week at the store I played uh Luke, I don't know if you remember Jake. Yeah. 
Uh, he had Gri Grievous with five of them. And I don't, I, I think I underestimated how quick they could get across the board. I was trying to be cagey with Fen. They did five straights and tractors. Um, they, they caught up to me so fast. It was incredible. Yeah, I totally underestimated these ships and the way they can move. Their opening is a straight seven. Basically, yes. Yeah, basically. So my little, you know, hard two and a barrel roll towards the edge of the board, I mean, they almost in range to shoot, you know? Pretty, pretty insane. I mean, just after you take one out, what, what then? You have five to deal with. And the three agility, you're lucky if you can get one on the first engagement. Well, luckily they had tractor beams a lot of the time, so they only had two dice. Yeah, but even like... Uh, when I played against them. On the opening, if you have like a, an alpha strike list with torpedoes, you're not guaranteed to kill one. It's kind of crazy. And just as you kill them, common sense would say as you kill them it gets easier but as you kill them they're now more open so the toughest part about flying it and the easy part about flying against it their openings need to have that precise you know swarm movement then as they break apart that you get into the funny tractor moving stuff but some players still can bump but as you kill them now you're just removing their bumping and it becomes even more of a game of positioning there. And they don't care if they bump. No. No, they absolutely do not. A lot of people are calling for FFG to just uh, FAQ it. I've called that since I even started playing it. Execute. Uh, and all they're doing is playing around with points, making an snare impossible to take. But that's these uh, people are calling spam text. It's when I was flying it, my ensnare list, make it fully execute. Just do it. What would you increase them by now? I would increase them by five points apiece, but then I would lower ensnare. The reason why they raise ensnare was because uh, they lowered the base nantex. So if you're going to raise the base nantex, lower ensnare back. At least make it all even. Like, if you raise it by this much, lower this by this much. I honestly don't, like, when they first came out, I don't think that they were that big of a menace. I don't, like, they weren't really winning anything. Uh, I took them to Worlds. They had a great showing at Worlds. They didn't win it, but, I mean, it's saying a ship. Paul Heaver took the ship. But with Worlds, was that... 2019. Were there, were there um, already points changes to them by that point? No, this was pre-every okay. point change. Okay. But then when the point change happened, because they'd had a showing in at Worlds, and they've been showing, they raised the points just overall on them. Yeah, and I don't think that the problem, like, I think that they are too cheap, that's for sure. But the it's definitely a high skill ceiling to fly these. In my opinion, you need to know one detractor because that forces your arcs to be in different places. You need to know where your opponent's going to be as well. It's all of these high skill players taking this list, which has kind of been the problem because they're 
either leaving their their main list behind, like their aces or what have you. And they're just trying different variations on this list, and it's just so much to deal with. I mean, I have my I'm not, own. Take. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that they're sh- that they shouldn't. Y'all have your own take on the list yet? I I haven't flown against this. Like build though, like I have my own version of six Nantex. I and think you just need cool to play thing. it against it. You just need to play against it once, and then figure out your strategy from there. It's just a strategy game. Like, where do you engage from? Do you bring them through the rocks? Does it matter to bring it through them through the rocks? Like, turn zero can be a big, big thing that changes the whole game with these ships. All right. I think that we've, uh, people have already talked these ships to death. They're already being talked about civilly, I think. <laughs> In places. <laughs> The memes uh, are great. The yes. recent memes are great. Yeah, all the Starship Trooper memes, fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, that's definitely one that was affected by the points update quite a bit. Definitely takes a high skill player, but let's uh, let's not discredit Bohan. It's still uh, I, It's a high ceiling. Yeah, and he's definitely one of uh, the best he, players I mean, that I got, know. He's got a national championship here. In Canada. All right. I believe that we discussed our opinion on the Nantex. I'm, uh, spoilers. Uh, Dathomir top 32 or uh, very final was Nantex versus Nantex. So this definitely became a thing. But uh, let's use that as a segue. Let's continue to talk about our favorite list that we saw at Dathomir. Let's start with uh, Atreides. What did you find? And was it affected by the points changes like the Nantex? So, let me pull up his list. My favorite list in Dathomir was uh, Bartaz's. And it, Bartaz brought... He flew Rebel Alliance. He flew Dash Rendar and Chopper. No. What? No. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. Uh, on Dash, he brought, <laughs> he brought Trickshot, Bistan, Perceptive Copilot, Outrider title. Chopper in the VCX with passive sensors, Saw, and Zeb. First off, point change. Everyone was like, oh, Dash is coming back. Dash is coming back. But you didn't see him like that prevalent yet. Um, but with his point change, you could put Bisson and Perceptive Copilot and Outrider and Trickshot, all at 121 points. Similar to your kind of Fat Han and uh, Boba build. And when you think about what he built it against, it makes sense to shoot twice four dice. You move second. Yeah, absolutely. And then he has Chopper with passive sensors. I mean, Chopper's great. You don't see it much, really. He got uh, number nine. Uh, number nine in MOV, yeah. But yeah. He, he made it to top 32. Yes. And then he was uh, he lost his top 32 game in the cut. So Chopper says at the start of the engagement, enemy ship at range zero gains two jam tokens. Which, if you're thinking, you're initiative two, you're thinking you're going against these Nantex, they're going to bump 
take away their tokens. Absolutely. Make them bump. A uh, passive sensor saw, you are getting something through. Four dice primary, you're going to get a target lock, and then you can convert all your locks, uh, all your eyeballs to crits against the Nantex. Yeah. And then Dash with his four dice attack, range three. Yeah, if only Chopper could take Intimidation. Yep. <laughs> but uh, the one thing I see, like when people fly the Ghost, I notice you try and go for something that can coordinate it or make sure that you're taking that Reinforce. I'm not sure how much Chopper needed that Reinforce in his games. Maybe Dash was the main target and he was mostly left alone. But I mean, it's still a four-dice gun. You don't want to leave him alone. No. Um, you don't want to leave either of these alone. And Chopper is 79 points. Yeah. So, yeah, it can get shot and it will last a little bit. Yeah, and those ghosts are relatively mobile. I mean, ships like the Epsilon, they have that four-dice attack as well, but they can't turn around. If you get out of their arc, you're most likely staying out of it for the rest of the game, <laughs> if you can help it. And I like to say, like, Bartosh, like, his, his regular list is five A-wings uh, and resistance. And I, I've, I've flown that, and I still fly that. He was my main inspiration. I looked back on all of his European system open games. Just a, a great pilot. But moving to Dash and Chopper is just so interesting to me that the points change, if it's the points change that drag him to it, or if it's just the, the high attack dice ships that he thinks that he needed to get through these initiative three Nantex. Like, was he. Fours. Or, uh, I said sorry. I three too. No, I said that too. And I. Yeah, my bad. I'm, I'm thinking that he had the Nantex in mind for sure when he put this together. But he wasn't the only one that took Dash either, I don't think. I don't think he was either, but I didn't see any in the top. I think I saw some on the first day. I mean, it, it, um, takes, ball, it takes balls to take Dash in such Billy a... Got such a big Dash and Hera. Oh, okay. And that's the thing, is nobody sees Chopper getting to the top. Like, Hera is usually the number one choice for a ghost. And Billy, I mean, Billy Northover's list was Dash with Biston Perceptive Copilot, and then Hera had Intimidation, Advanced Sensors, Zeb, and Saw. So same kind of fly yeah, that's my preferred straight Hera. into it. That's uh, the 95-point Hera, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So but, you just yeah. fly Hera straight into them. I like seeing these large bases on the table doing well. It makes me uh, makes me regret not flying my scum list a little bit with uh, the scum falcon and the lancer. Is there uh, any other points you wanted to make? Out? I mean, it's a two ship list. There's not much to nope. talk about except how interesting it. It's interesting. It did so well and yeah, how it came out, and I was cheering for him. There's a lot of really good pilot skill behind that. List. Yes. I mean, switching oh, absolutely. Five A wings to this. He he obviously knows what he's doing with all the ships. The fact that he built it's a it totally different way. To like it's a very strong against some Nantex, and it's strong, but you still have to get through everything else to get to where he did. 
I would get nervous even turn zero just putting these ships on the table. Like, am I am I screwing up putting these ships down where I'm putting them? <laughs> like, it's just uh, it's not easy. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, Dave. What list were you looking at at Dathomir? All right, Dathomir. This uh, looked like another very interesting tournament. You guys didn't men- you didn't play in it, I assume. If you didn't mention it, no, I was uh, awake because um, my wife was leaving for uh, starts work at six fifteen. So I was awake for the starting games, and I would just stay on my phone and stay awake for the first few games, and then fall asleep. But uh, no, I was not in it. Well, I uh, picked someone who finished just under Bartosz, and I went Marcel Manzano's list, his Rebel list, and he's got Wedge, Luke, and AP5. Wedge... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying this is uh, kind of what I was mentioning with the Alpha Strike list. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I'll read this off here and then tell you why I picked it. So Wedge, I6, he's got Proton Torpedoes, Afterburners, the F-Foils... Uh, Luke has a little more. He's got Instinctive Aim, Proton Torpedoes, Chopper, Afterburners, and the S-Foils. And then AP5, he's listed at 39 points, but I don't see any upgrades on him. Did I not print this out correctly? Anybody? Uh, Luke, do you know what he had on AP5? He must have had something else on him to get the thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. That, that's, a, that's a really good list. I, uh, I would love to have seen how he's using Chopper with Luke. I guess he just spends the uh, charges off the proton torpedoes, maybe, to get the uh, shields back. So much fun. I the uh, T-65 X-Wing is the ship that got me into this game. And I've tried and tried and tried to get good with it, but I just don't. I want to try this list for sure. He went all the way to the top ten with this. I can definitely see how you play Wedge. Afterburners and proton torps, that looks like so much fun. In yeah, he got he got top ten. Your uh, top ten in MOV, but he made it to top sixteen. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but man, you can just be aggressive with this list. I bet. Fly them in there. Yeah, these are definitely. Uh, I mean, if you see sixty five, you go in and shoot it. But if you see this, these T sixty fives, you don't want to. You don't want to just this. Oh, he's got nice. he got the nice coordinate with you. I, I know I, I've listened to uh, Gold Squadron before. I know he's messed around with versions of this list, or or maybe it's this exact exact list that I he's talked about before. So he's got some. For, okay, so he's. I mean, he's obviously got some history with it, and he's good at flying it. But yeah, man, I'm glad to see T65 is doing well. I like that. The, I mean, yeah. the game is called X-Men, right? Yeah. The one thing I see is I don't see how instinctive aim. I mean, if you're jousting, maybe taking that focus and not having to worry about. Um, I wondered about that because. Target lock, but that's. why well, I, I wouldn't want to shoot a proton torpedo without a lock. And also, to me, I, I would assume, like, again, I didn't watch him play, but I kind of thought the proton torpedo was just there for chopper, really. Uh, no, uh, I believe that he used the aftermarket charges to use the regen with chopper. Really? Oh, wow. Well. Okay. Yeah, proton torpedoes, you definitely want to use those. Afterburners is definitely really good on Wedge, but I think he ended up using Afterburners as the the chopper trigger. Yeah, it's a a very good list. It ended up, a variation on this list got top 
uh, to the top table in the Australia system open. So I, I wouldn't even know who to go after first. I mean, do you want to? Do you take out the coordinate? You know, go I mean, for five first. You go. You try and kill Wedge yeah. first because he has no force mods. So if you focus fire him, he will go down for sure. Luke, you always try to keep him as an endgame ship. If you only have yeah, a couple he's shots, so good he's, kind of, he's kind of a trap. If you only have a couple shots, he's probably going to do his best to make sure that you don't have shots on him. Seeing these X-Wings on the table, it definitely makes you feel good. That's that's what the game is meant to be. Uh, yeah, sometimes, like I, I, I've mentioned many times that I love the Fang Fighter. I, I, you know, I wish the game could go on steroids. Like The, the T-65 should fly like Fang Fighter. And the Fang Fighter should be ten times better than that, even. Yeah, <laughs> we are where we are. The dials are set. That's all right. Yeah, great job, Marcel. Good to see you doing well with the Rebels. And I actually got to meet him last or last time we were in Toronto. There, he's a really nice yeah, guy. Yeah, we, we I, met all Gold Squadron was. Yeah, we met him and Dion there. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I ended up being right beside Marcel, and Dion was across right across from me, and I ended up chatting with him for a bit, and that's when I grabbed you. Yeah, you were. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks for doing that. That was great. Dion might not remember, but no, I'm sure was, he meets. Was, I'm sure he meets hundreds of people every time he goes out. But it was. Uh, but it was an honor, sir. We can move on to what I was looking at. I've been scrolling all over the place now. Let's try and find him. A top four finisher in Dathomir. Uh, Tim Open. A great X-Wing player by the name of Adam Kempers flies a variation of this list that's very similar. And that's what originally got me into it, and that's why I left it when I saw it here. It's three Trade Federation drones with Discord missiles. Two Bombardment drones with Proximity Mines and Struts. Sorry, the, the drones had Struts as well. And uh, General Grievous with Crackshot and Solus 1. So with the point update, it definitely affected this. You lose. If you decide to keep those struts, then you're losing that Impervium on Grievous, which can come in real handy. Just negating those crits for four points is a really cool trick. But still having that very valuable Crackshot and that title, you probably never want to fly Grievous without it. That, without that title, the title is so good. I, I said I played Jake. He had that on Grievous last week. I really had never noticed it before. Man, that's awesome. You're getting that those, you're getting two hull and a, an ability, a defensive ability for one more point than a hull upgrade, which is insane. I couldn't believe how long it took to shoot down Grievous. Yeah, he's a, a little squirrely bugger. So, what makes this list has evolved when Adam flew it. When I first saw him fly, he was flying it with energy shell charges. That's kind of when they first came out. You have you had those five point energy shell charges, or those four point energy shell charges, and now they're five. And the discords went from six to four, and the discords they're proving very valuable lately. You kind of you fly those. Trade Federation drones, you fly them kind of out front, and you keep the Barbarman drones behind. You go out for blocks or a little... Uh, or just making sure that you're moving slowly to get those shots off. But they're almost always uh, within all within range two of each other. 
Um, but once you start getting into the fray and you start flying start flying past your opponent, those some of our drones are there and they're they're not nice to run into. I think the one game that I saw it was against a death ray and he was able to drop both proximity mines from both drones two turns in a row. Ray just turned right in front of them. They dropped them both and then they did a four forward and Ray bumped into them again and they dropped them both again. It was Oh wow. They didn't get a lot of hits off the rolls, but it still helps quite a bit. Oh yeah. I love proximity mines. But you go in, he kinda used Grievous as bait, which I personally wouldn't have done because he's such a valuable piece. But getting all those drones in there, getting those discords off, guaranteeing um, a kill on one of his ships. Yeah, he. it was um, Fat Ray with Azizi and Natali. He got both discords on Tally with both of her shields gone. Just guarantee kill. Make sure that ship doesn't come back again. It was... I always find it a very fun list to watch. And it's cool to see other people pick it up. All right. Uh, Atreides, did you make your way back in? Yeah, I'm in. I haven't dropped. Okay, cool. Just double check in there. Awesome. Uh, so we we uh, we talked the the end of Dathomir was Nantex versus Nantex. I'm not sure if you guys want to go into the differences on the list there. They, they weren't very different. It was like one predator, right? Yeah. Yeah, one had a bid, one didn't. One was... Uh, the winner ended up being Fawn. And... Second place uh, was Andrew Previtt. Andrew had the the four Pred and the old crack shot, just like Bohan's list. And... Fawn ended up taking two of those Preds away for an extra four points on the bid. And it ended up. Um, they get, these guys ended up facing each other twice. They face each other in the gut, and then they face each other on the last table. Wow! And both times, fought one. So the bid helped. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, those rerolls are great. But if you're, I'm not sure. Did he? I can't remember if he guaranteed himself to move last. Yeah. Okay. He took last move both times. Yeah, depending on matchups, it's always hard to tell which way is better to go. But I think going last and making sure that you're out of out of the bullseye, um, and making sure that you have bullseye on them, I think that's really uh, changed the game here. It, It makes me wonder what it really. It would really be interesting to have rotating initiatives implemented in some way. I I mean I don't know if y'all play anything else. Um, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Mm-hmm. How they do it is like with initiative. The person who moved last, if you moved last, if you had the initiative, you keep it. If you don't, you get it. Huh. Like, yeah. Yeah, can you explain a little bit more? I'm not sure. Let me get the exact... I was, I was looking into that game. It's just... Uh... It's fun. I love the models. 
Like, oh, yeah. that's what that's, I do to that's paint. That's mostly why I would get into it, I think. A painting game? Like, you paint the models? Yeah. It's Marvel Heroes. <clears throat> I would love to get those figures and paint them up. Uh, the, the game seems a lot more loose. Like, it's not as... Um, it looks like it can still be competitive, but just not as... Um, it's not as accurate. Like, it's not as millimeter accurate as X-Wing. It's, it's... No. It uses the same range um, rulers as Legion. The exact same okay. ones? Yep. Oh, cool. It's kind of cool. Um, is, is, it, is it FFG as well? It's not FFG. It's um, Atomic oh. Mass Games. But it's but, Asmodee. Okay. So they can use all the tools that oh. they want. It's kind of like Outer Rim using X-Wing Dice. Okay. So Outer Rim is an FFG game. Yeah. Uh, but... If the player that activated the last model of the activation phase has a priority token, they pass it to their opponent. So if I had priority, first player, and I was had the last character to activate before the cleanup phase and the next turn, next round, I pass it to my opponent. Mm -hmm. But if I have the priority token, the first player token, and he activates the last time, I keep it. Okay. Because it, there's no real, like, order. It's So if I'm first player, I would go first. I move. I activate one character. Then my opponent activates one character. And we just keep going back and forth. Okay. And, and that game, that, the game has to kind of make sense character-wise. You can't have multiple of the same character on the field. Correct. Okay. I mean, that would it, it interests me for sure. But that's how the, they handle first player. So the passing initiative could be interesting. Another thing people have been bringing up is um, if you take a bid, your opponent just gets that those points that you took. Yeah. That... I mean, because moving last is just such a powerful thing. I've heard that since 1.0. But my aces. <laughs> went a little bit off track there but I think that was uh, cool stuff to talk yeah. about different ways to implement rules into the game uh, did you guys want to talk about the uh, the newer ships that they released the articles for there was um, the uh, lack of ship and the Psy shuttle did we talk Psy uh, I, uh, I don't know no, it was right after a big drop that we talked. Yeah. With the Tri Fighter. Yeah, Corellia was just coming up um in our last podcast. And then and then right after that kind of everything dropped. Alright. Uh what was the first one to come out? I believe it was the Ski. Does anybody here play First Order? I do, I not do but not often. So, Dave, you are our most experienced first order player. Um, is there anything that <laughs> kind of pops up to you as uh, something that you just want right away, whether it be a card or uh, a ship that you just want to put on the table? Uh, the Sensor Boy suites look interesting. 
in a support ship for the First Order. They're, they're, I'm sure there'll be something to use that's not jumping out at me. I'm very interested in the fact that it can use uh, illicit upgrades, and it looks like we'll be able to carry more than one. The uh, agent Agent Terex here return all or sorry. After placing forces, choose any number of your equipped illicit upgrades and equip equip them to friendly Tie FO or Tie SF fighters. Each ship can be assigned only one illicit this way. Yeah, so, that you know, was, quick, quick draw fun. with quick draw with contraband. I'm interested. Yeah, just putting that contraband on them instead of sinking the five points into pattern analyzer might be uh, something to look into. Terex definitely looks fun. I just um, I'm not sure if he'll be seen competitively like right away. Yeah, possibly not. And uh, and I'm wondering if he's the only one that'll have the illicit slots. So I've heard that rumor. Yeah, there is another. Is it Ray that can use illicits in in the resistance or? Yep, yep. Uh, the yeah. Falcon can take it for sure. Right, so it's, so it's not a brand new scheme, but it's interesting. And that's that's basically the thing that popped out at me for this one. I didn't really look at the article as much as I did on the lat, which I'm a lot excited about. How about you guys? It's an ugly ship. What do you think of that? Everybody everybody loves it's, ugly ships. It's, it's a mini... I love ugly ships. It's, it's a mini Lambda. Yeah, kind of. It's a little blunt nose. Looks like my wife's cat in the face. <laughs> that pushed-in nose, you know? Uh, there's a couple, um, a few crew coming with it. Actually, let's let's go over, um, is there any, uh, any abilities on the ship? No. No, it's just pilot abilities. But the, yeah, there's no baked-in. But it looks like they have an initiative 2, 4, 5, and a 3. Oh, they put it out of order. Oh, no. Oh, that's okay. But there's no like built-in ship chassis ability. Uh, two attack dice, two defense dice, five hull, two shields. But you guys know—is this a medium base? Yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, but there's a couple interesting crew coming out that I'm interested in seeing on the table. I'm wondering if um, the new Commander Valorous card or the Agent Tarek's crew card will be more popular. Agent Tarek's just see, uh, start with Looks him. good. He seems very powerful, almost almost like a K2SO kind of ability. So, setup, equip it uh, face up with three calculate tokens. At the start of the engagement phase, you may choose a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 and remove one calculate token from this card for it to gain a matching token. So, it would just I think that saying the matching token, it just uh, future proofs uh, so that you can't do any shenanigans. So you can only yeah, get ba that basically you're passing off the token, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then if there's no calculated tokens on this card, flip it. Then. And then the, the second side is Asian Terex Cyborg. Cyborg edition. Um, during the system phase, a roll one attack die on a hit or crit result game one calculated token. Otherwise, uh, if you don't roll that, just gain one jam token. And then you gain the action slot, or an action to transfer one of those to uh, calculate or jam token to a sh ship at range 0 to 3. Now that's interesting, because it doesn't say friendly ship. 
I would be, I would bet a lot of people take that jam. I mean, you don't have the choice. That's why I don't like. You don't have a choice, but there's no, there's no downside. There's not really any downside with this ability. Oh, yeah, sorry, I was reading that wrong. I thought you did have a choice of whether you can roll or not. No, you're right. You you can't choose. So you just uh, it's still powerful though. But I mean, you could. Um... I mean, none of the, In the way I roll, I'm not going to roll pilots, this anyways. So. None of the pilots have a calculate action, so you can't just choose to um, give out a calculate. Um, and it, it seems really interesting and powerful. I don't think it'll be more than eight points. I think if it's more than eight points, it won't see play. How much is K2SO? All right. Oh, I was missing the hyphen there. So he's eight points. You beat me and, and he makes you gain a stress token, but it doesn't require an action to um, gain that calculate. So you can just do a blue to get rid of it and then <clears throat> still perform a different action. Uh, but since it's just a support ship, I don't think it minds using its action or the support ability or the standing ability. Right, right. I think it's on par. K2SO. Then there's also the uh, uh, Commander Malaris crew card. This will probably be the last thing that we look at for this eye shuttle. Um, unless you had anything else that you wanted to look at real quick. I kind of like Commander Pyre. Yeah, he is definitely interesting. Um, uh, you want to read his ability for us? Sure. Set up. Uh, so Commander Pyre, he's a crew, first order only. Set up, replacing forces, choose an enemy ship. It gains two stress tokens, period. And while you defend, if the attacker is stressed, you may reroll one defense die. That's the idea of giving someone two stress tokens right off the bat. That's what he costs, yeah. right? And that, uh, that secondary ability is definitely useful throughout the game. There's lots of ships that like to self-stress. Uh, oh, yeah. But then what he costs, of course, and how many crew slots, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be cost dependent on this card, but yeah, stress is powerful. So at the beginning of the game, what ships do you think really don't want to see this? I'm thinking Moldy Crow doesn't want to see it. Can't stack those focus tokens right away. You know, the Jedi, maybe. Any ship that relies on those repositions to set up their um, their opening. Like, even my X-Wings probably wouldn't like to see that, because they like to turn in and do their barrel rolls, stay close to the board until they find their opportune uh, engagement. I hadn't thought of Moldy Crow, but that, that's a big one. That will, You definitely want to collect those tokens. Are there other... Oh, I can't think off the top of my head. Are there other ships that kind of do that? Not really anymore. No, nothing that really stack tokens like that. Soon, well, maybe not on round one. I was thinking soon tier hates stress, but by the time he get, catches up to you, he'll, he'll have lost that stress. Another big one I'm thinking of is um, the who's the lambda that passes out target locks? Uh, uh, Jendon. Let me just let me see if that. Uh, so that would be yeah, yeah, totally. Or uh, you know E wings right off the bat. Now they take the they try to take their target lock first action. You know, 
absolutely. If you can zoom in on them and they only have their focus for defense, they're kind of useless. Uh, well, they're not useless. They still have that three dice attack, but yeah, but they, they're not. They're not happy. Yeah, if I'm flying them, they'll blow up anyways. Yeah, at the start of the activation phase, uh, this is for Jenden. Um, you may spend one charge if you do. While well, friendly ships acquire locks, the Stradley must acquire locks beyond range three. So if you're not in range three anywhere of your opponents, Jenden's kind of a blank card. He just can't use his ability. Unless uh, unless you're still you're locking people outside of range three, but not the ones that are about to shoot you. Yeah, Pyre seems like he might be a little bit of, a little bit of a pain. And maybe pair him up with Phasma. Get in there and make sure they keep those stress on them. Alright. Uh moving on to the lat. Uh the lat gunship. Take it away. Uh, this is sounds like it uh, might be your bread and butter or something that you're really excited on the table. I am, yeah. I do play not as often as Scum, of course, uh, but I do have the Republic. And I've ordered two of these. Uh, now that I see their built-in ability, maybe I only needed one. But whatever. Find out. Anyways, uh, let me start with that. I think, I think this ship might be pricier than I thought because, let me scroll down to it here, this... Uh, ship has a very interesting built-in ability called Fire Convergence. While a friendly ship performs a non-turret attack, if the defender is in your turret arc, you may spend one charge. If you do, the attacker rerolls up to two attack dice, and the ship has two recurring charges. So that's pretty powerful. You can help out two ships in one turn, or one ship every turn as you recharge as you re you know re reclaim your charges very interesting not to mention there are, you know there's three pilots that have other abilities to go along with that and uh, lots of crew coming with this as well yeah until i saw that ability that you pointed out um the these guys definitely have a really big target on their head yeah, so it also leaves, like, what, what do you think about that? Even the generic, I think, is going to be pricey, eh, with that? Yeah, it's 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 hard to kind of, like, nobody, no other ship has a built-in chassis ability like this. I mean, like, how, do uh, you, they, uh, how do you value two attack dice re-rolls twice well, a turn if you want? What's the TIE Fighter that everybody takes? Like, it's slipping my mind right now. It's on the tip of my tongue. Hellrunner? Hellrunner, yes, of course. I mean, Hellrunner was because that rerolls only range zero to one. That, so, like, you know, and that's only one per. That went all the way up to forty-six points for a three-hull ship. This is eight. Uh, this is ten hull or ten health. Believe that? That's insane. Um, I don't think it's definitely not going to be cheap. It's not going to be a cheap crew carrier. And this is just a medium base ship as well, right? Yeah, the Republic doesn't have a large base here. Um, I think this this feels like a support ship. I I, I don't know those rerolls. I want to try with Jedi. I want to try with the Naboo Starfighter. Besides the generic, is there a um, pilot that uh, speaks out to you? Warthog. 
Sound is interesting. Is uh, Initiative 2. A friendly small ship in your turret arc gains a deplete or strain token. If you have no tokens of that type, you may transfer that token to yourself. It might be good with uh, dedicated ships. Ships with the dedicated um, talent. Oh, wow. Okay, hold on. I just read Hawk here. The I-4. Start of the end phase, each friendly ship at range 0 to 1 that has a revealed maneuver of speed 3 to 5 may gain one strain token to perform a barrel roll or boost action. That's nice. And then the next turn, they would just use a blue to get rid of this train anyway. Right. And if you can, you, you know, you can plan this all ahead. Yeah, and those new, I believe those new um, Ada 2s have a few blues on them. But I mean, it's range 0 to 1. Maybe that's... Um, You're flying in a bit of a swarm, and then you hit... Yeah, but, yeah. You, you won't be using this all the time. No, but other generics like Torrance and... Like getting that boost or barrel, that's that, uh, that boost that they normally wouldn't have. Could be a game changer. And, I'm definitely going to try it. Yeah. Who's the last one here? Warthog. After you or a friendly non limited ship. Um, so generics at range. Oh, non limited. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that is generics. At range 0 to 2 are destroyed. During the engagement phase, that ship is not removed until the end of the phase. That's really cool. So you have all these, let's say all these I-4 Nantexes are shooting your I-2 or I-3 torrents. Right. And they kill one. Oh, they're going to get their shot. Two. They still right. get to shoot. Okay, okay. They don't Just get taken off the pretty table. good. That is, that actually, that is very good. That's, I wasn't thinking or about that. Or let's say they have a, an really ability right. on them and they died at the beginning of the engagement phase. If I your agree. opponent has I-1s that are shooting at them, or at other opponents, their ability, their ability still come to effect, so they could still, um, let's say it's on himself, he could still give out those, uh, those free rerolls all the way up and, to initiative. Oh, five. yeah. Wow. So he, this guy could be doing a lot of work, actually. He's still giving out those... Uh, uh, and there's a lot of ships that benefit from that, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Warthog seems like a go-to. But yeah, you mentioned that torrent. I think you're going to see a lot of torrents with him. They're cheap. I'm thinking, what if you fly a sinker swarm? If you can fit sinker and four torrents, I doubt you'd be able to fit Warthog with that. Oh, no. But um, maybe Sinker, three Torrents, and Warthog? Maybe? Yeah, it'll it'll depend on, on what they cost, right? I mean, the, the cheap Torrents are 25, so if you had three of them, that's 75, gives you 125 points. Uh, Sinker's, what, 50? So, like I, could, yeah, you got... I could see running four of the generic, maybe. Like, maybe... Maybe. Four four generic LA like two twelve battalion pilots. Yeah, I'm thinking like it'll oh. have to be more than the arc. So I'm yes. thinking oh, yes. between forty six to fifty maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, because so what does the arc come out to? It's got six hull and three shields. Is that is that right? I believe so. Yeah, so this is yeah one one more hit point plus that baked in ability. This is definitely more than the art, but I think also more fun, and it's going to be such a beautiful model. But I mean, they also got a price in the fact that it only has two attack dice. Mm. Uh, so maybe they'll it'll come in cheaper than we expect because they've increase the price of these Jedi so high, especially with that 7B. I'm wondering if um, if these guys won't come in that high. Interesting. And like you said, we only have to wait like three weeks to find out. Which I'm thinking below nice. 50 for generic. I hope you're right. Let's, oh, we'll uh, see coming this... Uh, the end of September here. That's going to be awesome. What do you think about some of the crew we were talking about earlier? Yeah, so... The Jedi. Yeah, these are definitely uh, some... Uh, this is definitely... If if it's not a good ship, this is definitely a great cardboard card pack. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot in it. I, I'm really happy to see Kefisto finally come into the game. Uh, yeah, too bad it's just as a crew. Yeah, I would love to see him as a pilot. Maybe one be on the Edda. I don't think he will be. I think it's uh, Ayla Sakura. Um, maybe not Ayla. Uh, I think Shakti is a pilot. Yoda, Anakin, and Obi Wan. I have. To... Oh, on the Edda. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I... Um. Yeah, definitely Yoda. I'll start off with Kit Fisto here. Uh, at the start of the engagement phase, you may choose one friendly ship or range zero to one and spend one force. If you do, it may perform a red evade action. That seems like a kind of restrictive ability. I'm assuming it will be a cheaper crew option. Yeah, uh, evade is not always the most popular action, especially like are we are we talking Jedi here? They don't want to evade. Why are you getting shot at? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they would love the evade, if but being in that range zero to one, and having to spend that force, compared to these other crew cards, it's very lackluster. Yeah, I read. I mean, it does give the purple evade. It it gives um, if you put on these lats, it gives them that guaranteed evade, which is kind of nice. But you probably you might want that uh, focus for something else or that force. All right. Uh, next one is Plocoon. Uh, do you have him up and ready? At the start, Plocoon. At the start of the uh, end phase, if you are reinforced, you may choose one friendly ship at range zero or your left or right side arcs at range one. That ship removes one deplete or strain token or repairs one face-up damage card. always like repairing face-up damage cards. I, I, it'll depend what this costs again. You get a force with it and a reinforce as well action on this. Repairing those face-up damage cards, that's kind of similar to Scum Chewy Crew. Yeah. But Scum 
two-week career was really bad. I've never used it. You spend four points, and um, you have to have a focus at the end phase to be able to actually repair the face-up card. Oh, right, right. Uh, but oh, I mean, why didn't you just spend your focus, right? Yeah. But I mean, then you're spending uh, more points per, per perceptive co-pilot to make sure you have that second focus. It's just not worth it. But this, you don't have those requirements. You don't even have to spend a force. No, yeah, the last yeah, the, the last bit is interesting. And I think it's kind of interesting. It It's um, nothing like his pilot ability. Because his pilot ability has to do with orange tokens and taking them away from himself. But this one interacts with depleted strain tokens, which I find interesting. But yeah, he's still all—he's still very helpful, though. I feel like that's that must be his thing. But getting him in there, um, getting your lat in there with him, and just helping at your buddies, getting rid of that nasty damage engine or structural damage—it could be uh, could be very clutch. It would, if you get that to work, that would probably feel really good, like when you're playing. Oh yeah, but yeah, and it, and it gives you the purple um, reinforce action as well. Yeah, so that would that would be very good on actually, yeah, the lat or an arc, really. Yeah, because the the lat has the red reinforce. This kind of so, the option. It, but, so for the purple, course. the purple actions, you have to spend the force on it, right? Yeah, you have to spend the force to get that action. But what's more valuable, not having to gain that stress, or I mean, because these the dials on these things are terrible. Oh no, it, it's this is good. Like, I mean, only definitely one, the purple one, reinforces one. way better. I, I I know from you know a one a one die ship. You want that reinforced as often as you can. Yeah. And it, it, is it that big a deal if you have more than one force crew? Hmm, yeah, also, you, you may be able to put two or three crew on this ship. You I don't know. get Vista on there because maybe he'll be dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's that's a strategy for sure. Unless again, you know, it's, it's a, a troop transport, so... Here, go ahead. Unless there's something FFGC that I just don't see. Get... I, I, no, it is, and it's also interesting that it, it it's basically a troop transport. So, how many crew can it carry? I wonder. At least two. <laughs> I'm hoping for three. Maybe two and a gunner. Oh yes, yes. There's a lot of them. Like you know, they have that little that gunner pod. I don't know if they'll have as much room as a a YB six six six. Um, yeah, true. Uh, next on the Jedi crew here, we got Ayla Secura. Uh, why, don't, why don't you go over her for me? Okay. So Ayla Secura, she has a force and the ability to do a force, uh, sorry, a focus linked to a coordinate. In her uh, text here, while an enemy ship in your bullseye forms an attack, if the defender is friendly and at range 0 to 2, the defender may change one blank result to a focus result. So very helpful. 
course, it's bullseye dependent, but I like the range, zero to two, that gives you some options and flexibility. And a focus link to, uh, uh, sorry, did I say that right? Cal not cal uh, coordinate. Did I say calculate before? Uh, defenders. Yeah, no, I think that you said coordinate. Okay, well, anyways, that's uh, really good. Yeah, it's so really, you're, you get your really action good. and you get to give an action away. You know, that's amazing. This will be pricey. Absolutely. I mean, I can think of so many tricks, like putting it on like an art. This seems like a really cool uh, thing for R2-D2. Uh, get that, give, giving him that focus. Um, getting in that calculate from his ability and giving a coordinate away. That's essentially solid. Yeah, man. Actually, I, yeah, a focus on him would be great. I was, I didn't love just the calculate action. I only flew him once. I, I shouldn't really complain too much, but I do prefer focus to calculate when you're attacking. Yeah, you can't really put these on a ship that can get away easily, though. You gotta, you gotta be really careful who you put this on. But yeah, really powerful looking ability. Um, and then everybody's favorite Yoda. Price speculation is crazy with, because this is the only crew to have two force in the whole game. But okay. Yeah. Of course, it's it's Yoda, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> so after another friendly ship at range zero to two fully executes a purple maneuver or performs a purple action, you may spend one force. If you do that, ship recovers one force. So this, and it has the purple reinforce and the two recurring uh, purple reinforce, sorry, and the two recurring force. Uh, they went over this card, I believe, in the in a live stream a while ago. But yeah. It's cool to see a, an official picture. Um, People will really want to use this card. Again, it'll be price dependent, but Yoda is a beloved character that people have been waiting for for a long time. I don't know if this is the, the Palpatine of, of 2.0 for Republic, but... I don't think so. I think that... Um... I mean, he doesn't Al really let you change Palpatine's still more powerful, but with the two force, he'll definitely be more. I I'm thinking priced around the same as Leia Organa and Resistance. Seven, what did you say that seven, was? 17? Yeah. 17, 18 points. Yeah. If it's uh, more than 20, I don't think you're going to see it a lot in competitive play, at least. Oh, and they won't, like, they want people to play the new things. Right out of the box, the pro the points will change if it's too powerful. Uh, they'll want you to play it first. They won't uh, they won't overprice it right away. That's uh, that's Yoda. It's great to see him finally. I mean, what took so long? <laughs> He's not exactly a pilot, right? I mean, I guess for crew though. Yeah, you're right. Um. There's one last card in this pack that I want to take a look at. Mm -hmm. And that's the the new talent that they're... Uh, Dead Eye Shot? Dead Eye Shot. 
Um, do you have that open? You want to take a look okay. at it for us? Sure. So, Deadeye Shot, while you perform a primary... Oh, and it's for small or medium ships, by the way. While you perform a primary attack, if the defender is in your bullseye, you may spend one hit result or change one crit result to a hit result. If you do, the defender exposes one of its damage cards. Now, Let me read that to myself again. <laughs> you got anything to say about that? Yeah, it's quite the word salad, but essentially you're trading a hit or changing a crit to a hit, and if it's in your bullseye, if it already has damage cards, slip one of them face up. Okay. Um, I believe by this wording, it's a random card, so you can't choose. Yeah, while you perform. It, it, it just happens. I yeah. mean, as long as it's in your bullseye. So obviously cost dependent again. Oh, no, no, you may spend one result. I don't think you have to do it. Yeah, no, it's not mandatory. Because maybe you just something's almost dead anyway and has one health left and you just want to kill it. Yeah, or it has no damage cards yet. So. Yeah, or no damage cards. Then you definitely don't want to do that. But I think that you still want to take crack shot over this. Um, so if it's more than two points, I'm not sure. Depending on the ship, um, I don't think it'll see too much play. I, I don't, uh, like reading it a couple times here, I don't know that it's something I'm going to try right away. If Maybe if I see someone else being successful with it, we'll do the copycat thing, but right now... It's just, uh, there's no guaranteed damage with this. Like, you could... It, it, it's all random what clip what crit you actually flip out. If you're flipping yeah, direct yeah. hits and uh, panic pilots, and it's definitely worth it. Um, so that's pretty random too, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that we went over a lot today. Yeah, actually, that's uh, we're over an hour. I'm sure. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. If you have, we really appreciate it. I mean, it's been a few weeks since our last episode, and just a lot happened. Yeah, oh, stick with us. We'll be getting better at this, and uh, like we said, we're we'll, we'll get two episodes out a month, and, and as we move on, it'll get more consistent. And, uh, again, thanks for listening, and this is Luke from Ewok Squadron, and and I'm Dave. Also, Ewok Squadron. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for joining. Good night.